in 2020, we have realized some things that are essential in our, in our culture, in our life. I mean, we have realized that certain people uh, are, are essential. Of course, everybody is essential, but there are certain people who work in certain fields that are probably more essential than others, and we kind of figure that out. We, there were some essential supplies that, uh, that, are, that we need to uh, be aware of. But also, we have come to realize that during times of trouble and despair and darkness and confusion, like we've experienced in 2020, and hopefully we will stop experiencing uh, a lot of this in 2021, but during 2020, we've experienced a lot of these things that have called the church to stand up and be the bride of Christ, the essential church. Because guess what? The church has things this world needs. The church has the gospel message of Jesus Christ. It has the love. It has uh, so many things that this world needs. And last week we talked about the essential church. We talked about how the, the, the church is essential in two main areas. Number one is to grow your faith. To grow your faith through serving, fellowship, and discipleship. And in fact, Joe just mentioned next, next Sunday is, is Find Your Spot Sunday. So whether you're here or you're watching online, you're gonna be able to participate and be able to take some items home or, or you know, be able to download that if you're watching online and to pray about areas that you can serve and small groups in which you can connect. You know, like m- most churches in America, small groups took a big shot last year. And, um, and small groups, uh, just we've got we to recover that. It's so important that people connect with a group. And we started Wednesday nights back up last Wednesday. Had a great gr- uh, crowd here uh, between uh, kids and students and adult small groups. And so we invite you to participate in that every Wednesday at 6 o'clock right here at Red Top Middle School. And so you can grow your faith through the church. The church helps that. But the second thing the church does in times of darkness, especially in times of darkness and confusion, is that the church separates truth from the lies. There are a lot of people out there spreading lies, and um, they're trying to disguise them as truth, and they are not. In fact, some of those same people are actually censoring what we're trying to put out. Our world needs to know that the truth found in God's word is legit, and we, and we must know it in order to share it. That's why we need to be in church, why we need to be in the word. And when we share this truth, this truth is gonna do two things. It's gonna unite the body of Christ. The, the, the body of Christ is, is united through the gospel message of Jesus Christ and through the Holy Spirit. And, but also, our message, the truth, the truth by which we stand also divides. It divides the church from the world. It even divides the church from those who think they are living like the church, and they're really not. And they're believing in things that are against God's word. And so the church is essential, and your faith is essential. And so during this series, uh, over the next, so we got four more weeks, during this series, we're gonna look at lots of different things that's going to help us understand what things are essential. But this week, I want us to focus on an attribute that, um, that helps 
you to be essential. It helps the church to be essential and helps your faith to be essential. And it's an attribute that's found in John chapter six, verses one through 13. So if you have your copy of God's word, I'm gonna encourage you to turn to John chapter six. And if you don't have that, you can look on the screen or watch TV and we're gonna have that. But John chapter six, it's a great story, a story you're very familiar with. But in the story, I'm going to uh, unpack some things that is gonna help us to realize this so important, essential attribute of a follower of Jesus Christ. And this is so essential. So John chapter six, verse one through 13. And it says this. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee. That is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover feast was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Isn't that just like God? Philip answered him, it would take more than a half year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up, here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there, which means there were probably close to 10,000 people there if you count the women and children. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they, had all had, uh, when they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered, gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. So the essential attribute to a, a, a believer in Jesus Christ, someone who follows after Jesus Christ, is essential giving. Essential giving. And we find everything we need about essential giving in that story with the boy and his small lunch. Our essential giving does two things. It provides the church the means by which the gospel can be spread. The gospel must be spread. Right here in Bartow County, in Emerson, Georgia, and beyond to the othermost parts of the world. And so our giving helps to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. The second thing the giving does is that increases your faith. It provides a way for your faith and trust in God to grow. Your giving is essential. And in essence, if you're not giving, then you're not growing. Because giving helps you grow in your faith. And that is scripture. I've seen it in my life. You, many of you have seen it in your life. And so in order to grow, we've gotta make sure we give. You know, this passage of scripture, I hope will encourage you to continue to give or begin a lifestyle of giving to the Lord. But there are several things we could take away from this story. Just really, really just three things I want us to talk about from this passage that's gonna help with our giving. Number one, God has a bigger plan. 
God has a bigger plan for your giving, for your money than you could ever imagine. The disciples wanted to handle the situation with logic. They were, they were trying to say, okay, well, we can go get, get jobs, but not even a half year's salary can even buy enough food for them to have a bite. Or here, you know, here, here's a boy with some food, but I mean, what is that gonna do? You know, they, they were using logic, and, and we don't even know some of the other things the other disciples were talking about, and it's not even written in scripture. I mean, what do you do to feed close to 10,000 people when you're in the middle of nowhere? It's logical that they would use logic. But Jesus wanted to show something bigger. The facts of the situation were staring right in their face. Look, Jesus, we, we got almost 10,000 people here. We're in the middle of nowhere. And this boy's lunch, what, can, what good can that do? Here's the deal with this story. The facts stood in the way of their faith. The facts stood in the way of their faith. I want you to make sure you grab onto this simple little statement. And there's gonna be simple little statements throughout this message. The facts stood in the way of their faith. But it didn't stand in the way of of the faith of Jesus. We do the same thing in our lives. We do the same thing. We respond the same way, and, and it's only natural. We allow the facts to stand in the way of our faith. We think logically that the bills need to be paid before we can give. That the car needs to be repaired before we can give or even start a lifestyle of giving or, or whatever. Or the medical procedure needs to be done and paid for and before we can even start giving. That is the logical way of thinking through things. That is what the disciples were doing and that's what we do as well. So, the fact is that God wants to do something bigger than you can ever imagine. And we cannot allow the facts to stand in the way of our faith. What was the last big display of God's provision you experienced? What was the last big thing that God did in your life? And I mean on a financial level. To where you felt like, man, this, this problem we have, this bill, or this situation, it, it, there's no way we can handle this. But God came through. There are people in our church who've shared with me that God came through. Absolutely. There are people uh, in, in our community that, that you have actually helped even within our church, you have actually helped through your faithful giving and because they were at the end of their rope and they didn't realize, they didn't understand what they were going to do, but they trusted in God and they continued to, uh, to let their faith grow in the middle of their trial. So, I want to just encourage you, don't let the facts of your situation stand in the way of your faith, because God has a bigger plan than you can ever imagine. Just like in the Word, Jesus already knew what he was going to do. John said that. God already knows what he's going to do. 
Whatever you're facing, watching online, whatever financial situation you're facing, God already knows how to pull you out of that. He does. He has a plan. But it takes trusting in him and having faith in him. Second thing we can get from this story is to trust Jesus with your money. Trust Jesus with your money. You know, this, this boy trusted Jesus with his lunch. He, he literally gave his lunch to, uh, to the disciples and gave it to Jesus. You know, growing up, there wasn't a whole lot of people I would trust my lunch to, especially in high school. You're sitting in the cafeteria, you, you, don't, you don't trust even some of your best friends with your lunch. I mean, because, I, and the reason why I know that is because I have sat at the cafeteria table and saw some of my other friends leave, and while they were, while they were away, something happened to their lunch, and they came back and they had no idea, and I witnessed the whole thing and may have even participated in some of that. Whether it had been chocolate milk mixed up with your mashed potatoes or corn placed deep inside of the, of the oatmeal cream pie, whatever it is, you don't trust your friends with your lunch. But you can trust Jesus with your lunch. This boy trusted Jesus. You know, he had no idea what Jesus was gonna do with his lunch. Maybe Jesus was gonna eat his lunch or feed some of it to the disciples. Maybe Jesus was going to set the lunch aside so the boy couldn't have it. I mean, if, if nobody else has it, I mean, has a lunch or has anything to eat, why should the boy have something to eat? Give me that lunch. You don't need to eat. None of these other people have to eat, have anything to eat. But he trusted in Jesus. You know, we have the same thoughts about our money, our lunch. We have the same, and, and, and that's what it is. The, 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 the tithe or the offering, it's just, it's the size of a lunch. It's not a, a full course meal for a, a month. It's a lunch. I mean, we should be able to just trust in Jesus with a lunch size portion of what he's given to us. We have thoughts like, is, is God just going to keep this all to himself? Is this so the pastor will have a lot of money so he can live an extravagant lifestyle? I mean, I'm ready to buy my private jet. I know there are people who do that, and I don't agree with that one at all, but anyway. But some people think, is this like church socialism where we give, God takes my money and then uses it to, to give it to whoever? If you approach your giving with this type of attitude or with these types of questions and doubts, then you're not trusting in Jesus with your lunch. It's just a lunch. So in this story, we, we understand, we hear that and we see that God has a bigger plan for your situation, for your money than you can ever, ever, ever imagine. And you can trust Jesus with your lunch. You can trust Jesus with your lunch. Third thing, third and final thing we get from this, from this story. Jesus doesn't need your lunch. Jesus doesn't need your lunch. 
Did you notice something? What did Jesus do with the boy's lunch? He didn't take it and start eating it. Mmm, fish, I like fish. Bread, nice, fresh, baked this morning, I can tell. No, he didn't do that. He blessed it and gave it to others and it miraculously multiplied. Why is this important for us today, for us to understand this? The reason why people don't tithe is because they think that God is only after their money. Jesus proved this thinking is false. Did Jesus really need the boy's lunch? He could have, he could have made something else happen. He could have called 10,000 birds and told them to go to the ocean and grab 10,000 fish from the sea and bring it over to them and drop them from the sky. That would have been pretty cool. <laughs> but no, there was, a lot, there, was, there was food. So he said, I'm just gonna take this. We're gonna see how this goes. We're gonna, see how, we're gonna watch this thing blow up. He wanted to do something big with something small. He wanted to do something big with something small. Do you know that your giving is small? I mean, compared to what you get. Good Lord, my giving, our faithful giving is, is small compared to what God, God gives us. I mean, we do, give, we do faithfully give 10% and even a little bit more for in offering situations and when special needs arise. But your giving, my giving is small and God wants to do something big with something small. You know, this miracle was not about feeding people. <laughs> this is not about feeding people. But it was about helping people believe and what God can do in their lives. That's what it was about. It was about showing what God can do with, with a small portion of things. You know, your giving is little about how your money can do its part, but more about what it can do to your heart. It's, it's a little about what it's, your money can do its part. It's little to do with that. It's more about what it's gonna do to your heart. He, we don't give to God because God needs money. I think he has everything he needs. We give for us. We give to build our faith. We give to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, we, we see these words in Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Your treasure is your stuff your money, your things, wherever your treasure is, your heart follows. And it's as, it's as if God is saying through Jesus, look, look, I, I know your heart is gonna follow your stuff. So imagine God telling you this right now, God speaking to you right now, that I know your heart is gonna follow your stuff. And I, I honestly, I don't wanna compete with your stuff. I want your heart. I want your heart. Because I want your heart, and your heart tends to follow your stuff, then I want you to surrender all your stuff to me. Does that make sense? Because I want your heart, God is speaking to this, because I want your heart, and your heart tends to follow your stuff, then I want you to surrender your stuff to me. 
Because once you've surrendered it all to me, then I have your heart. I don't want your money. I don't want your stuff. I'm God. What would I do with that? I can't even wear that. I can't even drive that. I can't even live in that. I want your heart. And it's a fact that your heart will follow your stuff. So I want you to surrender your personal finances to me. Why is that important? Because no one can serve two masters. We see this in Luke 16, 13. No one can serve, and this, this is Jesus talking again. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other or will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, first glance at that, you may look and see, okay, didn't Jesus get that wrong? Shouldn't Jesus have said, you can't serve both God and the devil? I mean, I would think that would fit more in, in what Jesus is trying to share while he was on this earth. Shouldn't that read, you can't serve both God and the devil? I mean, why would, God, why would Jesus say, you can't serve both God and money? Isn't the conflict I face every day between God and the devil, isn't that the bigger conflict? Jesus would say no. The conflict you and I face every day is between God and our stuff. Between God and our stuff. Between working, 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 working many, many hours, between um, taking care of our stuff, always doing stuff, you know, around the house, you know, always looking at phones, always looking at, you know, computers, whatever. And I'm not saying that you need to throw away your phone and computer or you need to sell your house and go live in a tent. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is our stuff, and I am guilty of this just as much as you guys are, we all are, is that there is competition. Our biggest competition is between God and our stuff. It is. That is our biggest competition. And Jesus knows that. You and I will have a master, guaranteed. God is asking you, are you going to serve your stuff and hope that I help you? Or are you going to serve and surrender to me? You can't have it both ways. That's what Jesus is saying. Can't have it both ways. There's a ten this tension will never go away. There will always be this tension between God and our stuff. But the great part is that God has invited us into a relationship with him where we can make the security of our stuff subservient to him. When the pursuit of stuff becomes our master, then our money is out of balance. When the pursuit of stuff becomes our master, then our money is out of balance. And then we stop giving. When we stop giving, we stop growing. We do. Jesus doesn't want to get your money. Jesus, does, Jesus doesn't want your money to get you. Jesus doesn't want to get your money. He just doesn't want your money to get you. 
God doesn't want to have your stuff. God wants to make sure your stuff doesn't have you. Because when your stuff has you, guess who you're serving? Your stuff. You're serving your stuff. This, um, it's interesting, this, this boy, he, uh, he came to Jesus. He came to hear Jesus. He was there, part of the crowd. He came to hear Jesus. If you want to be a giver, someone who has generosity, someone who can trust in God, because I know this. I know this about you and even probably you watching online. You want to give. Especially, especially if you're a Christ follower. You want to give. You, you, you want to give your tithe, your, your, your 10%, and, and, and I'm sure many of you do that. And it's obvious that people are, 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 are giving with, within our church and other churches beyond and outside of Lake Point Church. And it's, it's obvious because even during a, a pandemic and even during all the stuff we went through through 2020, our budget ended in the black. And it wasn't because we just totally cut our, our spending. We, 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 we spent according to our budget, and you gave according to the budget, and you were faithful. And it's not just Lake Point Church. There are many churches, other pastors that I talked to that said the, the church has been so faithful, and I believe the church as a whole, even though not everybody's fully back yet. We still got people sick and, and those who are, are, are you know, still not able to come back because of health reasons, and that's fine. That's why, we, that's why you're watching online. But I believe the church grew. I talk to pastors all the time. They say the same thing. I believe our congregation grew in that area and that faithfulness. Even people losing their job, they were faithful, and they grew during that time. I know you want to give. The best way to want to give, that desire will grow if you come to Jesus just like that boy. Just like that boy. You come to Jesus. Second thing we see, we, I, I wanna recognize in the story is that the disciples didn't take his lunch. They asked him. It says that. They asked the boy for his lunch. He just said, hey, give me that lunch, kid. Scram, get out of here. They asked him for it, and he willingly gave. Jesus is not demanding you to, um, to tithe. Now, it, it is a command in Scripture, but he's not demanding. He's not gonna take it from you. He is just simply asking. Will you give because it's gonna help spread the gospel of my message to a world that needs it. And will you give? Because it's gonna help you grow in your faith and trust in me. Just watch it. Watch me. Test me and know that I'm gonna do incredible things in your life. I'm gonna draw you closer to me. I'm gonna draw, I'm gonna, uh, that trust in me that trust in me is, is going to grow. 
Contentment for the things that you have is going to flourish. And you're gonna wake up one morning and realize, I have everything I need. And life is good. I have everything I need. And life is good. So be like the boy. Just trust Jesus with your lunch. God's not asking for your lunch. He's asking for your heart. He's asking for your heart. Will you give him your heart today? That's the most important thing you can give him. Give him your heart. You know, maybe, maybe you're, if you're watching online and you've never given Jesus your heart, uh, I encourage you to do that. I do. And, and I truly believe there are people not coming to church because they think all we talk about is money. Of course, now, who you are tuning in right now, here you are in the service, and guess what? We're talking about money. But actually, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about Jesus wanting your heart, not your money. And that's what it's about. He doesn't want to compete with your stuff. He doesn't want your stuff. He wants your heart. When he has your heart, then you can freely give. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you would, please, during this time, um, if, you, if you have never given Jesus your heart, I, I, I want to encourage you to, to make that decision right here, right now, in this moment. Whether you're here in person or watching online, I would encourage you to give Jesus your heart. And, and it's, a, it's so simple. It's so simple. The, the ways of this world tries to make it complicated because this world is complicated. We have complicated so much stuff. It's unreal, but it's not like the world. God provided an easy way for salvation, for freedom from sin, and that is through Jesus Christ. And if you're ready to, to cross that line of faith, you can simply say a prayer. Just repeat it after me. Say, dear God, I believe in you. I may not know you, but I believe you exist. I have a hole in my heart that I believe you can fill. I believe in you, Jesus. Please forgive me of my sin. Please forgive me for living for my stuff. I'm ready to surrender my stuff to you. And more importantly, I'm ready to surrender my heart to you. I give you my heart. I give you my life. Please come into my life. Be Lord and Savior and rescue me from my life of stuff. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, whether here or watching online, I'd love to hear about it. You can send me an email to pastor at lakepointonline.com. But I, we do have one more thing before we close the service today. And that is that we need to bless the Lord with our tithes and our offering and our giving. Uh, we specifically put the, uh, the offering at the end. And as we close, I'll... I'll uh, uh, give you some instructions. Now, obviously here in our church, we are, uh, 
We don't pass the the basket or the plate here yet uh, during this uh, COVID season and stuff. But uh, many of you already give here in person. You know how to do that. You can use the offering envelope at the seat pocket in front of you or you just put money or a check or whatever. And you just put it in the box on the back table. Uh, You can also give online. Uh, You can go to lakepointonline.com. And just go to the give at the top. If you're watching online, you can log in right there. You can give through our app, our mobile app. And we'd love for you to, uh, to be able to give uh, that way. But just know this. If, if you um, haven't given in a while, and I don't know that. I mean, just a little lesser to you in the Lord. But if you haven't given in a while, I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to, to trust Jesus with your lunch. Trust Jesus with that little portion of your money and just understand that he, he doesn't need it. He doesn't need your money. He needs your heart. And if, you're, if you uh, continue, if you have been giving faithfully and want to continue to do that, uh, we encourage you uh, to, do, um, uh, to give. But understand this, that um, as a church, um, we are so blessed. We really are. We're so blessed that God provides. Uh, many times in my prayer, and I, I, I'm going to be honest as a pastor, because pastor of a church, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot on my shoulders, and I'm trying to put it off. And the way I put it, to get it off my shoulders, is I just give it to the Lord in prayer. And there are many times, many weeks, I I pray and I write in my prayer journal, Lord, fund your church, fund your church, and He has been so faithful. Why? Because his people have been faithful, either here watching online, uh, here in person or watching online. And I know there's people watching online that, that live in other parts of the country, don't even live in Georgia, and you continue to give to us. We're so grateful for that. You're a part of what God is doing here in our church. So let's ask the Lord to bless our tithes and offering, and then uh, we'll be out of here, okay? Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to give. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for taking our um, to our heart, Lord, for accepting our heart as we give to you. And thank you, Lord, for accepting this gift to further your kingdom. Let it be something that can be used to empower people, empower the message. Um, obviously, the resources that we have, just like people watching online right now, it takes money for that to happen and for people to hear the gospel message through um, community outreach, to hear the gospel message. And, uh, but Lord, also, it use, you use this, this, um, this gift as a way for us to, uh, to trust in you and to have faith in you. So build that faith up within us. We thank you, Lord, for uh, meeting our needs, uh, both as a church and as families. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, church, thank you so much. We'll see you back next week for Essential Series. Love you guys.